Good evening and welcome to the Agents of Game podcast. Rumors of our death were highly exaggerated, well, at least for for <laughs> Matt and myself. Um, if you want to find either Dan or Sean, just dig around in the backyard a little while. You'll probably find him if you dig it deep enough. In Dave's backyard, I have nothing to do with this. I don't care that you've got my fingerprints on that. Oh, oh wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, we are this back. This is Matt, by the way. <laughs> so there is much to discuss, and we are going to plow through a lot of it as quick as we can. Uh, so lately I've been uh, getting a little bit back into Clash of Clans. I'm never going to be spending a lot of time in it, but they released a new update. Have you checked that one out, Matt? I have not. Um, I quit Clash of Clans back when they released the update that changed how the shields and the defenses worked because it was just too difficult for me to, you know, store up resources. Every time you store up some resources, they'd attack you. They got to get at least 50%. As good as you try and defend that, if somebody's going to be able to get 50%, they're going to get at least half of your resources. So it was just frustrating for me. Well, they've made some improvements since then, not enough to really bring me back to it, but basically they added in a second village for you. So now mm. you have two villages, and the other one has an entirely different rule set, um, different troops, different ways of attacking. So it's kind of a fun little change, but yeah, I'm never going to be back into it like I used to be back in the day. Well, I mean, honestly, Clash of Clans, it used to be this big powerhouse, and I don't know exactly when it happened, but it did. It just kind of fell off of the cliff and disappeared. <laughs> well, it I is know still they making that Clash Royale, and that's it is... based on it. Last I read fairly recently, it is still making mo- lots of money. I think they were above a million. Or I th- actually, I think they were above four million a day, and now they're down to like two or three. Um, so it's not like it, as successful as it was, but it's still they're raking in some serious money on it. That is very impressive, even two million a day. But considering they were at four million, that's half of their income gone. That's yeah. a big chunk. Um, so. But- yeah, so aside from that, I've still been playing some Ark, not as much as I would, well, not as much of anything as I would like, but uh, uh, that is pretty much almost ready for full release, it looks like. They have virtually all the content, all the dinosaurs, all the tech, the tech cave, all the creatures, and so basically at now, it's just, they've been doing consistent bug fixes and quality improvements over time, but basically that's all they have left to do at this point is um, just some more quality of life improvements, some more optimizations and it'll be good to go that is very impressive unfortunately i also have kind of stopped playing arc this one for two reasons one because it's a very time consuming game (laughs) and two because at at the uh at the point where i quit they had just started releasing the stuff i mean i'm glad they were releasing it quickly it was actually probably too fast. You know, you, you couldn't really sink your teeth into what they had released before you, they released some new stuff. Unless you had already been, like, at the end end game when they started releasing their new content. So, well, a I, bit I of think... a hiccup in the uh, release schedule from, from my perspective. Well, that's probably because we're lazy. <laughs> also because we don't really have a big... Uh, clan and a lot of the stuff that you need a 
a big uh, clan in order to get stuff done or a lot of time but, yes uh, exactly that's the beauty of the pc server is that we tweaked our settings so we can uh, have real lives outside of the game yes that was very nice unfortunately it was still not fast enough to keep <laughs> up with their content <laughs> oh the one that really got to me was that dinosaur that you had to tame by feeding it your own tames yes that takes even on our server with those settings that to breed that many animals would be ridiculous in an amount of time and then to go and literally just throw them away to tame one dinosaur that seemed like it was a bit crazy in my opinion yeah, that's one of the beauties of playing on public server, though, because, uh, you know, once one person tames a couple of them, you could breed them. That's true. And then just breed more and more and never actually have to uh, tame them. Yep, and you can work together. You can have multiple people doing the breeding. And, yeah, so that's one of those instances where you really kind of needed a tribe that uh, even the the extra settings didn't make up for. <laughs> Yeah. Aside from that, uh, Lawbreakers just finished up their closed, uh, their second closed beta. It was a lot more fun than I, expected, than I was expecting. I'm a lot more into cooperative games and strategy games and other things now. I do still enjoy a good shooter, but usually if it's co-op. This was sort of similar in some ways to Overwatch, but it's still... It's not the same game at all. But it was a lot of fun. I got to play with several of the devs, and it was an absolute blast. And so uh, there should be more betas. They also announced that it's going to be not just PC, but also at least PS4, possibly Xbox One, but guaranteed to be PC and PS4. If you can get in on the beta, I would definitely try it, since it's free and all that jazz. When the full game comes out, it'll be $30. They're not going to charge for DLC. They're not going to do pay-to-win. Cliff Blazinski of uh, Gears of War fame basically wants something that's reasonably priced and where purchases don't separate the community. Um, so that should be that should be good for people who are into arena-based shooters, competitive, competitive shooters. Uh, it was an absolute blast. I loved it. I, that is a noble goal, and I definitely like the $30 price point over the $60 Overwatch price point, but I'm just not sure if they can continue developing the game without adding microtransactions in some way, shape, or form. It I mean, it, it now, depends. here's my thing. I have no problem with microtransactions for things that are purely cosmetic. If people want to pay, you know, for for character skins or for profile badges or who knows what, that's great. As long as they keep that out of the realm of affecting balance. Well, one of the things that, and this is something that uh, Cliff Lazinski said about a year or so ago, but he was talking about in, in game development, usually more than half of the budget goes towards a campaign. And a lot of times people just play the campaign once if they play it. Well, it depends on the game. But there are a lot of people who say buy a Call of Duty and mm-hmm. may never play the campaign. They just play the multiplayer. Yes, I could at, see that. At which point you're wasting your resources as a company and you're wasting your customers' resources. So assuming his numbers are right, you know, they're, they're not just saving that money, but at a half price point, they're still actually making a little bit extra. So I assume... Um, they're confident that if this sells as much as a regular game would, then that'll more than cover their expenses for at least some extra support beyond. And if it's successful enough, you know, Overwatch, Overwatch is still selling. Yes, um, yes, it at is. Full, it's at huge. full price. 
And so if this can, you know, be comparable, um, more power to him. All right, well, I've definitely been in a first-person shooter mood lately. I did play Overwatch when it was on the free beta. They had a Labor Day weekend, or I'm sorry, a Memorial Day weekend free trial, but I missed that because of certain injuries, <laughs> namely a broken wrist. <laughs> Makes it a little hard to play a first-person shooter. But... um excuses excuses i know right but i did enjoy playing it i just don't want to spend 60 dollars on it the other yeah. game that i played uh that i really liked was called gigantic and i think i've mentioned it before yes unfortunately again time constraints different job different schedule i haven't been able to play as much as i'd like and i kind of trying to keep tabs on it but it looks like the development has kind of stalled out so I'm not sure what's happening with that, but this uh, Lawbreaker sounds like something that's definitely worth checking out. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I posted a couple of videos one one long video and then one quick video. Now I just played one class. I was playing as the healing class. There, I would if you if you actually like doing you know shooty shooty stuff. There are multiple <laughs> other classes which are significantly better at doing DPS than what I did, mm -hmm. and some of them you actually get to shoot lightning out of your hands. It's okay, amazing. that sounds pretty cool. You could be a Sith Lord without all the horrible facial disfigurement. <laughs> hey, not all Sith Lords have horrible facial disfigurement. Kylo <laughs> Ren, before he had his run-in with the lightsaber, was, you know, pretty normal-looking guy. Well, that might be overstating it, but... <laughs> he wasn't winning any beauty contests. I mean, it wasn't that he was wearing the mask to be imposing. He was wearing the mask so people wouldn't laugh at him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I mean, that's why he went to the dark side, you know, because, I mean, <laughs> you look I did not like know that, actually. <laughs> <sighs> I, I, I honestly thought it's because he was angry at his dad and at Luke Skywalker, not because he had a mask fetish. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a completely different topic, I was not at all looking forward to Injustice 2. Oh, Have you I've seen... seen stuff. I've, I've never played either of the Injustices. I've seen some of the commercials. It looks cool. Oh, but... it looks really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to wait till the price drops a little bit, but it, it looked like the fighting was... Uh, really pretty solid, mm -hmm. but the it looks like it has a really really cool plot to it, and probably better well done story than any of the DC movies lately. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So uh, I know Marvel fanboy, but I want DC to succeed, and I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I definitely want to, but. Up until Wonder Woman, it's been a little underwhelming, but this looked... Uh, Injustice 2 looks really cool. So I'm going to be jumping into that as soon as I get a chance. Nice. I'm with you. I have nothing against DC. I would love it if, they're, if they could get some successful franchises going. <laughs> it would be nice. So, but yeah, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, what I really want to play, though, is Star Trek Bridge Crew. Now, I think you've talked about this before. I haven't seen any trailers for it at all. 
I don't think they've put any trailers out that I'm aware of. Um, mm. I've mostly seen it on uh, E3 last year and some other stuff. But basically, it's a it's a cooperative game. I I there may be some competitive modes as well. But you're working as a bridge crew, so you have people assigned to di- each of the different comms. Um, yes, yes. Okay, I definitely remember you talking about it now. And the graphics look kind of bad. It looks kind of like two or three generations ago. But honestly, <laughs> with in my experience with the VR, it's all kind of blurry. Yes, that is true. So it, it may not be the world's best game, but I've been wanting for years some sort of a space combat sim where you have different people doing different things. Yes, so everybody's not a captain. Yes, you know, I could be, I could be, I could be Sulu or Chekhov or, or Uhura or whichever. I mean, you're not actually playing the characters, but you're you're doing their job on the ship. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to give that a give that a go. It sounds pretty awesome. And I've my son watches uh, one of these streamers, and he does some VR stuff, and. Honestly, the game looks like it was done, you know, the graphics look like they were drawn by a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so if if they can beat that level, if they can at least make it, you know, <laughs> slightly more uh, interesting than something that you'd get out of a first grader, then I'm yeah. all for it. And I do think it would be really cool to have, you know, your your virtual console laid out, you know, you're probably sitting in a chair anyway. So to just have that spread out in front of you, you know, when you reach your hand forward and touch the keys, that, I don't know, that that would be something that they'd probably have to, to work on because you definitely want some kind of visceral sensation when you would touch your key so if they tied it to your keyboard somehow i don't know how they do it but yeah i think that would be a a a big step towards making the experience better giving you actually something to type on but yes well and you know i i just imagine myself open hailing frequencies fire proton torpedoes you say done and done (laughs) what do we need to hail them for let's just fire the proton torpedoes (laughs) they're Klingons I mean really (laughs) can you expect the conversation to be that good they're just going to claim that Shakespeare was theirs and no no. (laughs) right. speaking of Klingons biggest travesty that I can think of in recent Star Wars news, and I I didn't like the third movie at all, but they introduced the Klingons in the second movie, Into Darkness, and that's all we've seen of them in this, in the the new Star Wars timeline. Mm -hmm. I want more freaking Klingons, man. We're going to get more Klingons in the new TV series, which CBS is going to make you pay to watch. See, that's why I don't like TV. Thank you, CBS, for ruining cool stuff. You should just be able to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if they want to be the next HBO, then fine. They can be the next HBO. But... They better produce good content if they want to be the next HBO. (laughs) Yeah, good luck to them with that. Very, very good luck to them with that. 
But yeah, definitely. I want to see more Klingons in Star Trek. And it makes me sad that the third movie didn't have any Klingons in it. I still haven't seen the third movie yet, but it is coming out on Amazon later this month. So uh, we get to see it, and I won't have had to pay for it. Yeah, you're not missing much. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing that mobile game, Fantasy War Tactics. They recently upgraded. They're now called Fantasy War Tactics R. And basically, they've just released the second season of their content. That was back um, on April 20th, I believe. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that they're doing to kind of get you know new people caught up and get them to the, to the new content. So if you're looking for a good strategy mobile game, I definitely recommend it. It does lean kind of towards the, uh, you know, you got to spend money on the game to progress really fast. But if you're patient, like I am, (laughs) (laughs) and don't mind missing out on a couple of things that, you know, that they just didn't offer for in-game cash, then it's, it's certainly a fun game. So we still have an Agents of Game Guild. It was really popular when the season, when the second season released. I just had a bunch of people go inactive, and I just kicked them because it's the beginning of the month. So there's a lot of <laughs> slots open if people want to try playing the game and join Agents of Game Guild. Well, speaking of that, you know, uh, I don't know what it was about that that you were saying. Maybe the, just the word guild, but uh, they've been putting a lot into Star Wars: The Old Republic, and I would like to jump into that again, especially if I could get a few more people to jump in, and so we could do some uh, operations together and things. But I can pretty much guarantee I'm not going to be able to get eight people to jump back in with me. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. I'd have to see how, uh, I, I really don't think I'd have time for it anymore. You know, one of the downsides to having a family is that your children want your time and your wife wants some of your time and yes. And then you have to, you know, go to work so that they can eat and things like that. (laughs) And then occasionally you have to sleep as well. Yes, definitely have to sleep. (laughs) So, and it's good to hear that the game is still going. So many of those just kind of quietly pass on into the night. I did see, um, what was it? Um, Elder Scrolls Morrowind. I think I've seen a lot of commercials for that. I don't know if that's the online version and that's the latest Um, expansion. There's a new expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online. It's coming out uh, in a few days. I want to say next Tuesday. And that's going to basically add new map space, new missions, a bunch of new stuff for Elder Scrolls Online. And that's well, another one of those games which has, looks cool in the commercials. <laughs> yes, it's, it's one of those games that over time has significantly improved a lot. They have put a lot of time into improving the game over time. It's still not my favorite game, but they've put a lot of time to it. A lot of people are really digging it. A lot of people are coming back to it, and new people are getting into it. Um, so it's if you like that type of game, it might be your cup of tea. Mm, very interesting. I don't know. Honestly, I think MMOs have kind of had their time in the sun, and their time is unfortunately past. World of Warcraft just was was so big. 
(laughs) (laughs) And then when it started to decline, I mean, that's really how the rest of the MMO world, that's when they started to decline, too. I'm not saying that there can't be good ones. I'm just saying they take a lot of time and a lot of commitment, more so than other games. (laughs) Unless you've got a lot of that on your hands, a lot of time, then... Yeah, but they sure are fun when when you can play them. <laughs> Indeed. Starting well next weekend, uh, E3 is coming. Uh, we're going to have plenty of coverage coverage through Agents of Game. Um, we're going to be showing all the live streams of the various conferences and presentations on agentsofgame.com. Uh, we'll also have instant reaction, uh, plenty of articles, videos. We might release our, our line of Agents of Game uh, flamethrowers and lunchboxes over E3 as well, so stay tuned for that. How about the cereal? When are we getting Agents of Game the cereal? I've been waiting for this a while. Well, they apparently have been having some problems at the factory with uh, bits of razor blades in the cereal. I um, thought those were so... prizes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Congratulations, you won. <laughs> Enjoy it's coffee called into a bloody clinic. You win. <laughs> but anyway, go on. Uh, we have a couple new contributors to Agents of Game. Uh, Matt Peters, who was on a podcast episode before, I believe it was episode 7, Agent 13, uh, is joining the party, as is Alex Widmore, who is joining us as a writer as well. So we'll have look, be looking forward to some articles and such from them. Uh, Matt Peters just started doing his cast today. He is doing a podcast every June. This is his third annual cast today. Every day for the month of June, he does a podcast episode. And it is insane and amazing and masochistic, and you should definitely check it out. (laughs) I have had a brief opportunity to talk with him, and he is an awesome guy. And he is definitely insane for doing a podcast every day of this month. (laughs) But But he does a really good job. Yes, he lines up some. Impressed. He lines up some excellent guests and some quality resnackulous foods, or some resnackulous foods which are absolutely terrible. But it's fun to hear him eat them and and regret it almost instantly. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can do is laugh. <laughs> Did uh, he try sometimes that's the, all you uh, can the do. Cheetos mac and cheese from Burger King yet? I'm curious about that. Uh, he did that last year, actually. Um, I just tried it this time around. I'm not brave enough to try it. I gotta be honest with you guys. You know, I they warned me. Like he uh, he ate it with. I want to say it was John Craig and. Aaron Amandala, both from um, the Versus the Universe podcast network, or Versus mm-hmm. the Universe, and they pretty much all said this is not the snack for you. <laughs> and <laughs> see, now you have to realize two things about me, maybe three things. I'm not very smart. <laughs> I like trying new things, even when it's a bad idea. And I lived in South America for a couple of years, and. I drank the water, and I only got <laughs> sick once over the space of two years. And so I kind of have a, a gut of steel. And I was thinking, you know, this will be fine. This will, no. These guys, they're lightweights. Yeah, yeah. I regretted everything. 
part of it was now I had been warned specifically. One of them said it wasn't necessarily that it was that bad, but it was just uh-huh. so heavy. Um, and he had had a, a big burger with the thing. He said maybe if I just ate them by my by themselves, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. So we ordered. Marcy's Marcy, my wife is with me. We order two packages. They come in, I think, packages of five or six. I thought she'll have a pack. I'll have a pack. Both packs were for you, weren't they? <laughs> she she sank her teeth into it, and before even swallowing the first bit, Ugh, this is really weird. I'm not having any more of these. <laughs> and so yes, yes. Well, at least she tried it with, you know, sometimes women will do that. They will just order something that they don't want at all and expect you to eat it. So at least she gave it a try. And the worst part, I've been craving them ever since. (gasps) No way. They're that kind of food, huh? And so it's, what do I do? Do I either just live with a craving or do I live with the regret regret of giving into the craving? <laughs> <laughs> There's no winning here. Nobody wins in this game. Burger King Burger does. King. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only ones. <laughs> Very nice. I still don't think I'm going to try them, though. <laughs> I'm a chicken. I'll admit it. I think the proper word is wise. Very good. I like that. Much, I like that much better than chicken. Definitely a better connotation with wise, yes. <laughs> so uh, a lot of little movie news snippets. Uh, Tom Hardy is going to be in the new Venom movie. There's some speculation that he's actually going to be Venom. I don't know that that's been concern- confirmed yet, but Tom Hardy will be in the new Venom movie. If he is Venom, I think that would be awesome. I mean, Topher Grace, terrible Venom. Just awful. Uh, was um, anything about that third movie good? Okay, I have watched the movie, and I replay things in my head sometimes when I get bored. I literally do. I think about this kind of stuff. I'm like, why was Star- Why was Spider-Man 3 so bad? It had everything that I wanted. It had Venom. It had him and Mary Jane actually having some, you know, relationship issues. It had uh, the Sandman, pretty cool guy. And, and somehow everything about it just didn't work. And I still can't put my finger on exactly what it was. <laughs> Sony was meddling. They yeah. made Sam Raimi do things he didn't want to do. I, they, yeah. But, but that's a, a long, deep-seated regret and bit of confusion for me. So, but Tom Hardy, on the other hand, he's done some amazing work. He uh, has. I mean, he was excellent in the Mad Max remake. I recently watched The Revenant with uh, him and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the one where um, he gets uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gets attacked by a bear, and Tom Hardy is in his hunting group or whatever, and his Leonardo DiCaprio's son refuses to leave him behind and Tom Hardy's character basically chickens out and says I want to leave so he kills the son and leaves Leonardo DiCaprio's character to die and then they go on this revenge thing 
But um, he does an excellent job in that. You really can't even tell that it's him. So he was in another movie. Oh, my word. And I totally blanked it. Let me look it up real quick on the internet. Apparently he was in Inception. Yes, he's in Inception. Um, he was Bane in Dark Knight Rises. Yes, yes. Oh, my word. I didn't even, you don't even realize who it is because it's, yeah. So, but uh, anyway, he is just an excellent actor. And if he does happen to play Venom, then I think he would definitely be able to do an excellent job at it. Well, my biggest concern, my biggest two concerns is that Sony is involved. Sony is leading this which hasn't gone well and no <laughs> at least current reports are saying that this is completely going to be independent of spider-man which is also questionable but uh okay we'll see how it goes but speaking of spider-man tom holland who plays the current iteration of spider-man is going to play be playing uh, nathan drake in an upcoming uncharted movie uh, he's going to play, be playing a young nathan drake uh, which could be interesting. Well, I never got into the Uncharted franchise. I mean, I understand what the games are about. He's basically a treasure hunter, right? Yes. Kind of like a modern-day Indiana Jones kind of a deal. The the stories I know have always been... They've always praised the stories in those games. I'm just concerned whether they would be able to convert that story into a movie. I... It's it's very few and far between. I honestly can't think off the top of my head of a video game movie that I really, really liked. I mean, <sighs> there are movies that I really liked, like the first Resident Evil movie. If you, if you look at it as a horror movie, I think it's a very good horror movie. But as a video game to movie translation, it's awful. You um, didn't like Prince of Persia? No. <laughs> or or uh, what was the one in December with Michael Fassbender? Oh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. yeah, that that could have been it. That could have been the movie that breaks the curse. Or, well, if Halo had been made. but That's uh, true. Um, let's see. Both of the Hitmen ended up not being very good. I honestly, I fell asleep watching Agent for Hitman Agent 47. It's still on my DVR. But I haven't gone back to watch it. <laughs> the The first Mortal Kombat game was okay. Unfortunately, again, I think the first Mortal Kombat movie it falls under that kind of uh, kitschy cult thing, where you know if you take it separately from it from everything else and just look at it as a movie, or like. Yes, okay, I like what they did here. But yeah, overall, the movie critically was not that great, I guess. The second one was unfortunately just a joke. The first one, at least, they took seriously a little bit. But yeah. So I, I, I really, I can't think of any... I mean, there are video game to movie translations that I, that I like. Like the uh, Final Fantasy one, The Spirits Within. I like that movie. But it's not a really great movie, you know? Yeah. We we just have to see what they do. I just... I, I have no faith in 
video game to movie translations anymore. <laughs> someday, someday there's going to be a good one. Someday. Yes. I'll keep buying the bad ones, though. I did buy Prince of Persia on video. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Matt. I know. It's one of those I couldn't help myself. I'm, like, in the store buying it, and I'm trying to talk myself out of it. I'm like, this, this, this really wasn't a very good movie. Why are you buying this? And then I'm like, it's Prince of Persia. <laughs> ah, dang it well speaking of things that uh, we really want to be good but are probably going to be absolutely terrible uh, Marvel's Dark Universe a new TV series <laughs> has been announced um, it does have Johnny Depp if that's a good thing probably mm, a, a, a good actor a good terrible thing. human being but uh, yeah. I, as much as I love Marvel as much as I love a lot of the things they've done I'm not feeling this one Going back to movies for a minute, um, so Wonder Woman just came out. It uh, from it seems like it's getting excellent reviews. Sounds like it's probably the best, uh, the best of the DC movies in since probably the Batman trilogy. Um, they I, for those of you who haven't heard, I imagine most of you have. But Zack Snyder is no longer going to be doing the Justice League movie. Joss Whedon is going to be finishing up some of the final reshoots and tweaking a couple of things. Um, now, as much as I wish I could celebrate this because I wish Zack Snyder had given up the reins of the DC movie franchise long ago, um, <laughs> it is not for a good reason. Uh, he's stepping back because there's a, been a family tragedy. His daughter, who as I believe about 20 years old, committed suicide. Yeah, it's very um, sad. And obviously it's a family tragedy, so uh, as much as I want to you know, say, hey, this is great, you know, don't be that guy. Um, apparently there are lots of people like all over the... The internet is the internet. Don't be the internet. <laughs> you know, uh, th this is not a thing to be celebrating. I mean, I wouldn't... Yes... You don't want to celebrate the death of, of another human being. You can be happy that he's not going to finish directing it. Fair enough. But yeah, I wouldn't, you know, don't go announcing it from the rooftops. Hey, he's not directing it anymore. The movie is saved. I That's, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, just people don't, just, just. Don't be the internet, people. It's You could be actual human beings. Yes. It's much better exactly. for everybody involved. Thank you. Very good. Be human beings and not internet people. That's a good <laughs> soundbite, Dave. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, um, they'll be doing some a little bit of reshoots, a little bit of touch-ups, a couple extra scenes here and there. Um, I'm kind of glad Joss Whedon was available be to be doing that because I generally trust him with things like that, especially assuming the studio isn't meddling. I trust him almost completely. As long as they don't let him kill our favorite characters. But in the DC movies, do we have favorite characters right now? I mean, no, really? no, we don't. I was just about to say, I'm like, I say kill as many as he needs to. I mean, if, if the Wonder if the Wonder Woman movie is good, maybe she's the only one who should live. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, um, <laughs> I, I mean, is is it? Time for a, a new Batman? I kind of think it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in in other movies from franchises that are doing well, Guardians 2 released. Uh, you said you saw that one? 
Yes, I did have a chance to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Unfortunately, I did not like it as much as the first movie. That's not to say it is a bad movie. It's just that the the plot of the movie is um, that Star-Lord, Chris Pratt's character, he uh, meets his father, who's played by Kurt Russell. And in the first movie, he was, you know, kind of the, the wacky... Uh, mercenary, you know, whatever gets me ahead kind of character. And he was awesome. And in this movie, he's much, he, his role is much more serious. And he doesn't have a chance to be as funny as he was in the first movie. So instead, they shift that responsibility over to Drax. And he's funny. I laughed at pretty much everything that Drax said. I didn't really feel that that was where his character should have gone, though. And, of course, Baby Groot. But Baby Groot is Baby Groot. (laughs) (laughs) Showcasing the uh, diverse talents of Vin Diesel. He has such a wide range of acting abilities. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, the show, the movie is hilarious. And you will definitely laugh. If you go see it, but unfortunately, hopefully this week, very, very good. I would definitely recommend watching it. If you liked the first one at all, if you just want to go and have a good time, definitely go. Unfortunately, I didn't think that it lived up to the bar that the original movie set. So uh, a little disappointed there, but overall, I think they, I don't want to say that they, you know, that they didn't do a good job on it. But they could have done better. During the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there was the preview for the third Thor movie, and that looks awesome. He, the from the preview that I've seen, he ends up getting kidnapped, and he goes to, he gets turned into an, a gladiator, an outer space gladiator, and we find out a little bit of what happened to the Hulk. I honestly, I don't remember if Natalie Portman was in the preview. But they have really kind of punched up Thor a little bit. He's doing a lot more jokes. He's not being quite so serious all the time. Yes! <laughs> Which you kind of I see I know in the... him! He's a friend from work! Yes, exactly! <laughs> <laughs> and it, it really looks like it's going to be a good time. But I am not looking forward to it as much as I am looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming. I am a super-duper ultra Spider-Man nerd. He is probably my favorite superhero of all time. That releases the day before my birthday. That is awesome. I think you should give yourself a birthday present and go watch it. Yeah, the trailers for that look really, really solid. Um, I am also pumped for Star Wars Episode Eight. Oh my word! Trailer for Star Wars before Guardians of the Galaxy Two as well. <laughs> can can it just um, be December now? Can can we be in December and just like, I I don't want any spoilers for the movie. I I don't want them to show too much. But I I want this movie now. I agree. I understand why Disney is doing it. I mean, if they're, it's, 
they're doing their whatever, you know, every Christmas is a Star Wars movie thing. Fine, I get it. But I want it now, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) wait. Give me the Star Wars movie now and then put the sec put the Han Solo movie on Christmas, you know? <laughs> but um it it looks pretty good. I mean it's it's gonna be hard to beat Rogue One as far as just a, a good movie experience. That I definitely liked Rogue One better than um The Force Awakens. I concur. But I think they're from what I've seen of the trailer, they're moving in the right direction. I really like the line where uh, you hear in Luke's voice, he says something about, the one thing that I know is that the Jedi Order has to end. And there's so many different things that that could mean. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, I got goosebumps when I heard that line. I'm like, whoa. I already have an idea of what it, what I think it means, but I don't know As how much I, I want to go into it. <laughs> go into it. <laughs> okay. So the Jedi Order is fundamentally flawed. And this is why the Sith, with just two Sith, are able to take down the entire Jedi Order. And yes, they had the help of the clone army and things like that. If the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy can't see what's happening, can't, even without being able to use, maybe that's the problem is they relied too much on the force and they didn't stop and look around and be like, hey, this guy should have been should have given up his power a long time ago. We need to start working with the other politicians to to get this, you know, sorted out. But uh, really, just their fear of the dark side is was their fatal flaw. Yoda even tells Luke in the fourth movie. No, I'm sorry, the fifth movie, episode five. He uh, he gives him the line: "Once you start down the dark path." Forever will it dominate your destiny or something like that. I know I just butchered a line and people are going to want to kill me if they're Star Wars fans. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I think what it means is that Luke has finally realized that in order for the Force to achieve balance, you've got to train people to use both the dark side and the light side. And I'm not saying, you know, like, you need to train people to kill other people in cold blood. I can't believe you're saying that the, the, the <laughs> Jedi, the new Jedi should just kill everybody. can't believe you're saying that, man. I'm disappointed. <laughs> but what it is, is, is the dark side is, you know, it's all of the negative emotions, hate, anger, fear, aggression. And then the light side, they eschew all of that. And they teach, you know... No attachment and things like that because really it feels like they're afraid of people, Jedi, using the dark side. Instead of of teaching them to not – to to fear the dark side, they need to teach people how to deal with their emotions. Honestly, if, if the Jedi had been able to say, Anakin, your mom died, 
I understand you're sad. Let's get you some counseling. They're there. <laughs> They're there. Maybe we wouldn't have Darth Vader. <laughs> you know? So I I honestly I think that's where he's going with that is that you the Jedi Order was fundamentally flawed from the beginning. And in order to bring balance to the force, true balance, you've got to teach people how to deal with their emotions because that's so central to your ability to use the force, your intent and things like that. And we know that people can use the dark side of the force and still be redeemed because we see Anakin Skywalker at the end of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, you know, he came back to the light side and probably just because he was so powerful, so strong with the force, that's how he was so easily converted into a spirit without having to do any of the meditation or whatever it took for like Obi-Wan and Yoda. But anyway, that's getting beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so we well, know that I it's possible for people to use the dark side of the force, but still be able to use the light side as well. Yes. Now, I I sort of agree and disagree with some of those points. I, I agree that, for lack of a better back better way to describe it, I think that the Jedi did become too ascetic. They uh, the opposite of hate isn't the absence of feelings whatsoever. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Very good. Now, yes, love can be twisted, and there can be feelings of betrayal and. People can Jealousy, be manipulated, yes, yeah. but at the same time, I, I agree that I think there is, the Jedi wouldn't necessarily have to, or, uh, uh, to be a good Force user, one wouldn't necessarily have to abandon all attachments, all emotional relationships, what what have you. Yes. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means they have to use the dark side, but they don't need to... Because they weren't the Jedi weren't rational; they were irrationally afraid of it. Now that doesn't mean they need Thank to embrace you. it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, their their behavior wasn't rational either. Yeah, yeah. The, I, they really Yoda in particular seemed like he was afraid of the dark side. And, and yeah, you know, it's like you know, it's it's not something we use, but it's it's there, and you know, just don't be a moron. <laughs> now I understand the the reason why they they teach that way because it's so much easier to to say, you know, hey, just don't do this rather than here are two different options. <laughs> Pick which one you think is the best. <laughs> well, and it's like uh, it's like saying, well, I don't want to deal with your emotional baggage, so don't have emotions. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> and and I will I will point out we're we're talking about some of these things based on what was in the prequel trilogy. I will just point out that the prequel trilogy was horribly written, has some of the worst lines of dialogue delivered in any major movie in history. <laughs> and so kind of take some of this with a grain of salt just because it was so bad it made i mean they made everybody look bad they made the i mean the sith kind of looked okay but the jedi order just looks anakin so darth vader 
Darth Vader may be the most iconic villain of all time. He is bad A. You do not mess with Darth Vader. Oh my Anakin's- word. Thank you, Rogue One, for reminding us of that. Thank you so much. Anakin Skywalker is a whiny, self-absorbed brat. He doesn't intimidate me. I At best, I pity him. And I dislike him. I mean, he's like the Justin Bieber of the Star Wars universe. No, that's not bad A. That's not tough. That's not intimidating. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't I do necessarily blame you, Hayden Christensen. I'm not saying he was the best actor for it, but George Lucas is not a director. He's directed literally a handful of movies. Literally, less than ten Less than five if you take out the Star Wars movies. And he didn't direct the two best ones. No, he did not. And I'm sorry. That's a rant. Like, that's just going to keep coming up the rest of my life. I apologize to all of you who will be hearing this from me over and over again for the rest of my life. But (laughs) curse you, George Lucas. You should just have stayed a producer and let someone else direct those movies. Yes, yes, he should have. Because realistically, this entire argument, I mean, we're, we're all, all we have to go off is, is what's there. And what's there is what you're describing, but what you're describing isn't necessarily, it's George Lucas's bad writing. Fair enough. Fair and enough. There, there could have been a more nuanced way that it all could have gone down, but it ended up going down in just a really bad Romeo and Juliet-esque story. Well, and I mean, to be fair to George Lucas, they they certainly do um they kind of carry this on everywhere. All of the extended universe stuff, you see it too. You know, you just you see the it's always the dark side versus the light side, like, you know, the two forces can't ever work together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so when he portrays it that way in the 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 first, you know, in the Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, you know, it just fits what we expect to see, I guess, is what I'm yes. saying. So. You know, one, I, I, I kind of wish that there was more depth to it. Like, there have been rumors about, and I'm not going to entertain this rumor of the whole stupid Gungan, what's his name? Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be a Sith Lord. I'm not going to entertain <laughs> that's that ridiculous. rumor. It's it's an absurd rumor, but it, but it would add more depth to the story. But one thing that I would be interested to hear developed is it's it is absolutely absurd. It is absolutely ridiculous, far fetched. It, it's just absolute garbage that Padme, after seeing her twins born, names them, names them, and loses her will to live. No, <laughs> I that's agree. terrible. It's and pretty so, far fetched. I, I, someone somewhere, and I'm sorry, I can't get who give someone appropriate credit, or maybe it was based on something my wife said, and then I developed it. But it, it wasn't me who came up with the the germ of this thought. The emperor killed her. The emperor used the force to somehow snuff out her life. That, that is... would be that would be the only thing that could potentially make sense, and it'd be a really cool story to explore. But it's not there. I they definitely could have gone that way. The way that it played out in the movie, unfortunately, there's no way that could have that 
it's just not a possibility with what well, we've got. It's a possibility, but it's it's basically like you know saying, well, how did the pyramids get there? It was aliens. Sure, I guess technically it could be, <laughs> but there's no evidence for that. <laughs> Other than creepy hair guy is saying so. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. it, it is plausible, but there's no evidence to support it other than the fact that nothing else makes sense, but with George Lucas, nothing else has to make sense. I agree. He handled that absolutely terribly, especially when the droid tried to explain it like there's nothing medically wrong with her, but she's lost the will to live. No! I mean, say that Anakin force choked her too hard and he crushed her windpipe and she's not going to be able to breathe you know whatever it takes but not that she's lost her will to live that's just the lamest excuse ever if she had lost her will to live she wouldn't have named her kids that's true if she'd have been like truly depressed and didn't want to go on living she wouldn't have you're right she yeah. wouldn't have just she wouldn't have even acknowledged their existence so anyway, so. yeah, <laughs> that's a Matt and Dave talk Star Wars. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> this this is a shocking revelation. We've never done this before. <laughs> oh, wait, we do this on every single podcast. <laughs> Actually, we usually do it outside of the podcast. <laughs> Does it end up being outside? That's unfortunate. Most of the, most of the time, yes. Oh, but yes, pretty much every time Dave and I talk, we talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for uh, just something completely off topic, uh, Castlevania will have a new animated series on Netflix. I am cautiously optimistic, coptimistic, if you will. <laughs> That's a good word. I like that. Uh, there may be an Animaniacs reboot in the works. At least there are wor- uh, rumors swirling about that. See, now, I loved Animaniacs when I was a kid. I didn't get all of the jokes, but I loved the show. They were awesome. And I've gone back and I've started watching them. Well, it's been a while now, but they came out on Netflix. And I went back and I watched them with my son. And I did get all of the jokes this time. And I'm (laughs) like, holy cow, there's some really deep stuff in there. These writers were just geniuses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't know how they're going to be able to recreate that. I just don't know. Well, it's going to be really hard, uh, partly partly because just it was a show written for kids, but that had stuff elevated to the level for adults, which I think yes. is how you have to do a show like that. I'm, I mentioned that formula in my article on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that just came out, as well as Transformers. You, you can't write for adults and then dumb it down. It doesn't no. You either have to do a show, like anytime they reboot something that was for kids, they either have to make it for adults, like the Marvel and the DC movies, they're for adults. Sometimes they're appropriate for children, but they're not written for children. Um, Or they have to do it, or they have to do it for kids, like Animaniacs, or like any of the Pixar movies, but elevate some of the jokes to adults' levels. Kids aren't going to notice that there's a joke they missed, but there's something there for older people to get to. And I think if you're going to do something like that, that's what you have to. And it's it's really hard to pull that off. But also now it would be really hard to just because. That period of the 1990s was so optimistic. 
There was uh, the life was generally good. We had especially yeah. in America. We there was so much optimism. I, we hadn't. We had just kicked Iraq's butt in the war. You know, we we were out of any economic problems. Everything was going well. Now there's not so much optimism. Usually, the news stuff you're on the news is generally bad, as in like. What has our president done this time? What are foreign <laughs> leaders now doing as a result? I mean, they made fun yeah, of Bill Clinton by having on... him play the sax. That yes. was how they made fun of him. Exactly. And uh, and granted, Bill Clinton did things that are much, much worse, but the show was <laughs> off the air by then, I'm pretty sure. But uh, anyway. <laughs> or they um, moved on. But... Can we have a light-hearted show that still touches on the serious issues and still have it be light-hearted and not I mean, I just don't know that we can right now with where we are as as a country. I'm going to point to uh Saturday Night Live. That's kind of like my uh I I want to say my um my meter, my my yardstick that I will kind of judge the humor situation by i in the 1990s and again this could be rose-colored glasses looking back but those were some of again the best saturday night lives around it's hard to beat the earlier stuff with you know like chevy chase and and bill murray and dan Aykroyd and that kind of thing but they really blossomed in the 90s with Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon and those kind of characters. Amy Poehler, I think, came out of that batch. But, you know, it was very similar to how you described the Animaniacs, that we were generally optimistic. And now, even Saturday Night Live, I don't, I can't watch it because they're, everything is so critical now. And you can't have a joke without tearing somebody down it seems like so i i don't i agree with you dave i just don't know if it's possible but they're they might be doing it anyway we'll have to see and keep our fingers crossed (laughs) definitely definitely i'll probably watch it even i'll at least give it a shot yes speaking of giving things a shot i don't know that i think it's going to be good i think valerian and the City of a Thousand Worlds is going to be an absolutely beautiful, visually stunning movie. I hope it's a good movie on top of that. I'm probably going to give it a chance anyway. I agree. I The trailers kind of feel like one of those trailers where the story and the dialogue are not that good. And they pluck out literally the best scenes and the best jokes and put them in the trailer so that you'll go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the impression that I get from that trailer or at least the trailers that I've seen um, but it does look like a really cool space movie yep and it uh, you know some of the scenes especially really remind me of Avatar uh, not the Airbender movie which I wish they would have made <laughs> sequels for but uh, the James Cameron one which they are making too many sequels for Yes, that's a uh, whole but, other can of worms. <laughs> but th- there were a few parts where it, it really 
evoked some you know the similar feelings to that but it just looks like it's gonna be a really visual visually stunning like i guess a mix between avatar and uh guardians of the galaxy so i I could be mistaken but i'm pretty sure that luke besson is involved in that project yes and he unfortunately he's really hit or miss for me but his biggest hit hands down has to be the fifth element uh, and this agree. movie reminds me of that. So if he can pull off something like he pulled off with the fifth element, then it's going to be a smash hit. It's going to be great. If he does something like Lucy, for example, uh, yeah, not not so excited about that. I don't know if you got to see Lucy, but it wasn't. I did not. It wasn't but I very had, good. Yeah, I had heard bad things about it. But yeah, def- I'm definitely looking forward to it. Last summer, I called my uh, my summer of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw probably four, three or four movies. I don't remember exactly how many it was. The only one that didn't feel like a letdown to me that I went and saw was the Jason Bourne movie that finally brought Matt Damon back to the franchise. And even that one, it wasn't better than the original three it just wasn't as bad as the last one, you know? So. Yeah. Well, as um, I'm hoping jumping, that this summer will be less disappointing. Yes, well, jumping back a moment, apparently they are making a Lucy 2. I okay. don't know why. I don't know how that makes any sense, but okay, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Lucy yet. Basically, their idea, their perfect situation once you reach 100 percent of your brain capacity you no longer need your physical form my biggest problem with that is how do you have a brain if you don't have a physical form but um she literally turns herself into this supercomputer so i don't know where they're gonna go with this maybe but- they rename her hal <laughs> oh my <laughs> so i i mean if they if they do this scarlett johansson can't be in it because she has no body anymore <laughs> so and then if they have another person use this drug and become super smart what's the point we already know exactly what's going to happen to her from the first movie so yeah i don't know where they're going to go with it maybe it's like you know the it's like they combine uh 2001 with uh war games and so it's like do you want to play a game and then the two computers go at each other in like their virtual game of something and that <laughs> like, so drawn? just digi- digitally attack each other with numbers that would be awesome an entire screen full of ones and zeros holy cow i've never seen a battle in binary before they would probably bankrupt this studio doing the special effects for that movie (laughs) i don't i don't see how that's possible i'm sorry to shoot you down dave i just don't think it's financially sound (laughs) 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 oh my word uh, get my lawyers on this. We need to. We need to reserve that idea. <laughs> We're making a movie. 
And if any of you want to help fund this movie, send checks to... <laughs> Definitely. By all means. <laughs> I just... What's the, uh, the other movie that it really felt like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel? I don't know if you've ever watched it with your kids, but there was a movie a while back called The Nut Job. I did not. Okay. Well, apparently... They're making a sequel They're to it, They're making a sequel, yes. And my son seems really excited about it for some reason. <laughs> we watched The Nut Job one time, I think, on Netflix or something like that, and he didn't seem to care. But... But it's got cartoon animals, and it will cost you money. Yes. Therefore, he must like it. Exactly. I. He wasn't interested on Netflix because he already had Netflix and it was basically free. There you go. But this will cost you money. Yep. Speaking of other movies that my son is excited about, and this is definitely a nerd thing. I just don't know if it's an appropriate nerd thing for our our audience. Um, Captain Underpants, the children's novel, that movie is coming out tomorrow. So I'm going to get to go and watch that with him. <laughs> that one I'll go and watch. I'm not going to take him to see the second nut job. <laughs> I mean, that I it just it literally it's it's like the movie was so it didn't it did so poorly. I'm not necessarily saying it was a terrible movie. It had some redeeming qualities to it, but it wasn't a good movie by any means. And it's been how many years now since it came out, and they're just so f- out of ideas. No one can come up with an original thought anymore in Hollywood that they're bringing this back as a franchise. Ugh, it's, it just smacks of money grab. I would not recommend watching the movie to anyone. <laughs> and I've and only it- seen the trailer. <laughs> In a day and age when they'll make a series of movies out of old board games. <laughs> I mean, Rock'em Sock'em. Who thought that'd be a movie? Or Battleship? I mean, come on. Battleship this, was terrible. Which is the Rock'em Sock'em you're talking about? Uh, Hugh Jackman, um, Real oh, Steel. Real Steel? You didn't like that? That was a decent movie. It, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but uh, but my point is, though it's Rock'em Sock'em. I'm sorry. You're right. Get a it better is Rock'em idea Sock'em that. Robots. It's Rocky with Rock'em Sock'em Robots is what it is. I mean, the, the, uh, what's next? Can I connect four? <laughs> Shoot some ladders. Aliens come down with a series of circles trying to stack. You must get you must create your own giant discs to block their moves. <laughs> For some reason, if they get four in a row, they rule. They will destroy the world. <laughs> Starring The Rock as Black Piece number four. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is exactly the kind of role that he would play. He is so awful. Oh my word, can we just be done with The Rock, please? Baywatch anyone? Oh my word. I actually... I didn't see the movie, and I'm not going to see the movie. And I've heard it was terrible. I kind of wanted to see that. I can't lie. I kind of wanted to see it too. 
but mostly just because I knew it was going to be a train wreck. It's one of those, like, I I can't look away. I know it's going to be awful. Everything <laughs> about this movie screams awful, but I kind of want to watch it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this has been a podcast. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> um, we will be back again next week, uh, leading up to our E3 coverage. Uh, so, if you want us, if there's anything you want to have us talk about, uh, hit us on either Facebook or Twitter. Agentsofgame.com is our website. We're at twitter.com/slash/agentsofgame, facebook.com/slash/agentsofgame. Uh, Agents of Game The Underwear. Uh, we did not get the sponsorship in the Captain Underpants movie, although we wish we had. We'll be wearing our underpants <laughs> like that for the next couple of weeks anyway. I gotta be honest, the only time that I wear my underpants over my clothes is when I wear them on my head. <laughs> uh, you know, prancing around in just my underwear just doesn't do it for me. Uh, alas. You just have to prance harder. <laughs> Uh, but yeah next week we will be talking about some of our expectations for E3 what we hope to see what we think we'll see and then we shall catch you then I don't really have anything else to say I'm sorry we'll see you all next week (laughs) I hope did we pass the audition word somebody just just stop me from talking (laughs) (laughs) bye everybody everybody.